Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 52 and I'm your host Rachel Anthony. I am super pumped for this episode, which I feel like I say for every episode just because I'm always pumped for interviews, especially after I've just done them. Um, But I'm especially excited to share this interview because it is all about social media and Instagram, which is a topic that I could talk about forever. And I love talking about people that are in the industry and that know things that I don't know and really just sharing the wealth of how to tackle Instagram and the best practices to do it. I feel like everyone knows like a little bit of different information or where you read it. Um, I interviewed Lizzie McNeil today, who is the head of partnerships at Later. Um, If you've heard of Later, it's one of the first Instagram scheduling tools. It used to be called Latergram, and now it's just Later. And I love it. I actually, as I talk about in the interview, I love their blog content. It is the best and most practical articles that exist on the internet. There's so many clickbait for like five ways to grow your Instagram or what is influencer marketing, all this, but the later articles are fantastic and I've learned so much from it. So if you are not subscribed to their newsletter or follow them on social media, I highly recommend it. Not just because I interviewed Lizzie, but because I genuinely think that later has the best information out there. Um, Highly recommend if you want just more information on social media and growing your Instagram and influencer marketing and all of that fun stuff. So Lizzie has worked in PR and social media for 10 years and she has started social media accounts and strategies for business like Beakerhead and the University of Calgary, Sage Wellness and Hockey Canada. So all companies and businesses that you probably have heard of, probably follow on social media. So she was one of the first people to be involved in their social media since she started such a long time ago, really before social media was even being used for businesses. So she has grown with the platform and has seen how it has evolved into what it is today. So it makes sense that she now works for a company that helps other people grow their social media accounts. We dive deep into social media marketing, obviously, and the best practices for creating a great account and how to grow your followers and engagement. I asked her because I know that that is everybody's first question about Instagram, whether you're a business or just a personal brand. We also talk about the misconceptions of social media, such as the fear of over-promoting yourself or people who are not taking social media seriously as a marketing tool. Lizzie gives her advice for how people should create a good Instagram strategy, whether you're just starting or you want to take your current account to the next level, why batching content creation can be very beneficial, and why you should focus on growing your community engagement rather than just focusing on followers and vanity metrics. We also talk a little bit at the end about IGTV and what it's all about and how you can go about creating a strategy for it because it is here to stay and it's a great extra tool for just creating another touch point for people for your business. Um, I really liked her suggestions and after this I'm going to sit down and see how I can add that uh, content for my clients and for my own. So I, if you're into social media, if you have Instagram, if you're trying to grow Instagram, I think this is a great episode for just getting more information. And like I said, follow later. They are a great company, um, whether you're using their platform or just reading their information. So let us get into it. Here is Lizzie. Do you want to jump into it and introduce yourself and tell us what you do? 
Yeah, for sure. So my name's Lizzie. I work at a company called Later, which is an Instagram marketing platform and also a social media marketing platform in general. Um, and my role at the company is I lead partnerships and PR. Um, when I started with the company, I also led social media. And as we grew, um, we had another team member join on for that as well. It's been a pretty exciting time um, at the company. So um, that's currently my role with later. Cool. Um, and before we get into that, how yeah. did you end up with a job in social media? What did you take in school and what was kind of like the path to where you are? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, um, I started in public relations. So that's what I took my undergrad degree in. Um, and then along the way, like that was almost 10 years, 10 years, well, longer ago, I guess I've been working for about 10 years. So at that time, social media was just kind of becoming very popular for everybody to use personally. And I was starting to think about how it would come into play in a business sense, um, especially with the PR industry. And I thought that it would really shake things up. And we ended up with a guest lecturer at Mount Royal who completely focused on social media um, that taught at Royal Rose University in Victoria. And I was so um, interested in that presentation that I ended up actually transferring there so I could study um, with him as a mentor. And then um, right away when I was in school, I was kind of helping like yoga studios or whoever needed help with social media to kind of create their initial plans and um, I was a broke student at the time, so I would kind of do what I called energy exchanges with people <laughs> for things that I wanted, like yoga passes and, and different things. I would manage their social media. So that's kind of how I got started in doing it, was coming through that traditional communications route and then uh, working it that way. Um, after I graduated, I moved back to Calgary, and then I started working um, at the University of Calgary. And... Um, from there, I kind of set up a lot of U of C's initial sort of like social media plans for the different faculties and then moved to um, Beakerhead, which is a festival that still runs here in Calgary and uh, managed their social media. And from there, I went to Hockey Canada and managed uh, their social media and then later on their social media team as well. So I've kind of been able to grow my career in social media for, for a few years, just kind of... Um, a lot of it was self-taught because <laughs> there wasn't as many programs for it at the time, but that's how I got started. Oh, that's awesome. That's so, it's so funny that, that that's kind of how social media starts. I feel like people today, like if you were in school, it's more of like a traditional, like, well, I'm going to go to school for social media and then get a job yeah. in social media. Cause I was the same with you. Like I just started, I got like a whole bunch of free t-shirts basically for running people's social media like eight years ago. So <laughs> yeah funny how is it it's evolved and it's cool that you were at the beginning of lots of like for people who are listening there from Calgary everyone recognizes all of those names so it's cool that you were part of like the beginnings of those and then seeing like where it's become today yeah yeah and it's um another thing outside of my role with later I actually teach and have taught at Mount Royal for the past three years in their social media for business program that they have in continuing education so that's been really cool too, is kind of taking what I've learned through the years and then helping to kind of make that into curriculum and sharing what I wish I knew back then with, with people that are kind of just starting to use social media for business instead of um, just personally. So that's been really rewarding as well. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And 
do you want to, so now you're, you work at later. So do you want to give a quick explanation um, of what later is for people who don't know? I know you like briefly said it at the beginning, but just for sure. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have actually heard of later gram. Um, especially that used to be like a big hashtag on, on Instagram was Latergram. <laughs> and that was the actual original name of, of Later. So the idea was that Later was kind of born out of being the first social media scheduler for Instagram. Um, so that's kind of how the company came to be five, five or so years ago now. Um, and then from kind of being a simple Instagram scheduler, the company really grew and now supports um, everything from Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest as well for scheduling and planning. But the whole sort of software is built around being very visual. So it's like, it's um, everything that you're doing and planning your social media, you're, you're putting in mind like your photos and your, your media and your visual assets is kind of like how you plan versus it being like a text-based scheduler. Um, and then later also has like uh, loads of features for Instagram. So um, things you might have seen, like if people are using a link in bio tool, um, that's a service that later offers to help create kind of a clickable Instagram grid or gallery for people that are either trying to drive, you know, to their websites or e-commerce or anything like that. So um, a lot of those kind of value added features for Instagram is, is part of what we offer as well. And I know this is, it might be just a really simple question, but just if people are new to this, um, mm-hmm. who should be using Later or what can it be used for? Yeah, so I think Later was really designed to be used for small business owners. Um, we've grown a lot and we are used globally by really big brands now too, which is awesome. But the idea behind um, what the founders wanted for Later was for it to be like very accessible and something that would help you know, the person that's running the Instagram for your local coffee shop, they wanted to provide a service that would help make their life a lot easier so that they could focus on their business and have social media be something that was, that was something that we were helping out with, I guess. So in that, in that way, um, the price point and kind of the whole system of later is designed to be for people who are um, new to managing social media for business and also we obviously do have advanced features, but a lot of what we're trying to do is be accessible to that kind of small business audience or even individual entrepreneurs that are looking to grow social media presences. And is it free? Like is the initial platform free? Like just as the basic? Yeah, so Later does have like a a really great free plan. Um, And then that kind of lets you do the major things you'd want to start out with. So um, planning, planning your content, scheduling it to auto publish for you, that sort of thing on, on Instagram and the other platforms. And then our paid plans are the ones that include some more of those kind of like value added features that uh, really kind of help take your Instagram marketing and your social media marketing generally to the next level. And so you do partnerships at later. Yeah. So Jonah, walk us through like what that looks like and what it means. For sure. Yeah. So when I um, initially had started at the company, the, the role was more, I led our social media and also our public relations, because that's both my backgrounds from what we talked about earlier at the beginning of my career. Um, but as we kind of went along with what we were doing, 
a lot of the work was focusing around our partners. So we have a lot of um, influences that we work with that have a lot of subject matter expertise on Instagram. Um, if you follow Later's blog or our training resources, you'll kind of get to know that like a lot of what we do is actually focus on education. So we have tons of free courses and resources and we really focus on um, kind of empowering everybody to be a creator on Instagram. So my job is to work with um, those influencers and subject matter experts to bring that knowledge into, um, into Later so that we can share it. And then I also work with um, other brands that have a lot of similarities to later in terms of their audience so that we can share audiences with each other. So mostly that's um, other B2B brands that are working in video or social media. Cool. Yeah, actually your blog that you guys put together is amazing. Like I get the emails and I read every single article you guys put up. That's where I get most of my information. They're like, how do you know this? I'm like, are you subscribed to Later's email? Because the articles are amazing. Oh, that's such a compliment. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, well, because most articles are just like clickbait and they offer zero like actual knowledge where as I actually find I learned something from the Later blog post. So you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, what we try and do as well is if there is something new, like there's a new IGTV feature or whatever it is, we'll try and have like an education resource for it within like the next day or two so that right as soon as there's something new, we can have people kind of adopting that. And it's really like about not necessarily like, oh, here's this new feature, you should try it. It's here's this new feature, we tried it, we tested it, here's how to, how to make the most of it, kind of thing. Yeah, which I think is a great resource because there's so many blogs and articles out there that are like you just said that are just like here like have you guys tried this yet but they're not really offering you any practical insight into what it is or what you should be using it for exactly yeah for sure <laughs> um and when you were partnering with these brands or influencers or people um what do you look for in the partnership deal so i think um it really depends on what we're working on a lot of our partnerships are driven by content so we'll look at things like if we're talking about Instagram aesthetic or we're talking about captions, um, we'll be really researching kind of the world of Instagram to try and find like who's a leader in that space that we can kind of learn from. So that's a lot of what the educational kind of partnerships are driven by. We're looking for people that are already kind of leading in the areas that we are hoping to kind of share knowledge on. Um, and then in terms of the other partnerships, it really is about that like audience overlap is mainly what we're looking for. So if we're partnering with a brand, um, it's even better if we can have kind of a look and feel or like aesthetic overlap because later's um, sort of style is um, conducive to like kind of more that like fun sort of millennial look. So <laughs> other brands that kind of represent the same um, style it also makes it so easy for us and how we do our marketing because so much of what we do in marketing is intentionally visual as well so that's another big portion is do they look like somebody that would be a natural fit for us in terms of what a resource could look like um, is their audience 
similar to ours, would they have the same kind of interests in, in Instagram or, or Instagram stories or whatever the topic is? So those are kind of the big things that we look for. No, that's awesome. And I think, like you said, it's very visual. So finding people that understand that side of it is important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and just about social media marketing in general, since obviously you're very involved with it and have been for a while, what would you say are the biggest misconceptions that people have about social media marketing? I think that's a good question. Um, a lot of it is that I think um, there's so many differences in the style of social media marketing, depending on who, who you are and what your goals are. But I think that a lot of misconceptions that we see, um, especially with like small business owners that are kind of just getting started is people are worried about um, over promoting themselves, I find is, is a thing. And I know with a lot of our influencer audiences, like people do love to see people and kind of have that genuine connection. Um, but it, it's always a strange thing when you're new to social media, it almost feels like bragging. So you have to get used to um, not bragging, but actually just kind of sharing your story is, is something that I think um, is a bit of a misconception, especially from people that haven't worked in the industry so much. It's a comfort thing initially. And then once you get used to it and rolling, it's, it really becomes natural and it's kind of your voice and your platform. Um, other misconceptions, I think it's, um, it depends on, on the industry, but I feel like the main thing is that sometimes people don't see social media as a serious tool in terms of marketing, but from everything I've seen and all the places that I've worked, it's, it's a very powerful marketing tool and it can help you achieve almost any goal that you have if you approach it strategically. So I think um, that's definitely a misconception is that one, it's an easy job. <laughs> And then two, that it's, it's something that is kind of fluffy. I find the exact opposite. It's like one of the most measurable and effective marketing tools I think there is out there. Totally. Well, especially because for them, it's very cheap as well. So I think mm -hmm. people underestimate like how powerful it is compared to how much money you're really spending on it. So if you just yeah, put, in and put in like the thought of it, you can take it far. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's so funny you said about over promoting themselves. Cause I have that conversation with so many people. Cause I obviously do social media, um, as yeah. my job and so my clients and I just have someone who I just started with who wants to start like a personal brand. And she's like, but what am I supposed to say? Like, I don't want to tell all these people. I was like, well, I was like, first of all, no one either they'll just unfollow you if they don't care. But it was like, for the most part, people yeah. actually pay attention to what you're doing and they want to just hear what you have to say, like who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. just have to get in the habit of. I think it really is a habit thing. Like once you once you are in and you're doing it almost every day, you don't really think about it like that anymore. But initially, it's it's a strange barrier to cross. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also weird when people actually pay attention to what you're saying. They're like, "Oh, I just saw your story, and you said this, this, and this," and you're like, "What? <laughs> like you actually <laughs> listened to it?" <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they know like what you're up to and stuff. Yeah, kind of exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if someone is new to Instagram, so either like yeah. their personal brand or business and wants to either start it or take their account to the next level, what sorts of things do you think they should think about when uh, building a strategy for that? 
So I think the way to think about Instagram um, or social media generally is a lot like you would think about if you're working on your personal brand and the way that you're kind of putting together like your branding and your style guide and your website. Um, it's almost like thinking about social media as an as important as those items in terms of your kind of brand kit is what I would say. So um, as you're kind of building that, a big part of, of building a new business is kind of creating that visual brand and your style and your logo, um, making those decisions really intentionally so that you can kind of carry that over into your Instagram aesthetic is important too. So especially when you're in a more difficult industry, like I know for us at Later, um, doing social media in a B2B context is actually kind of challenging because we're doing social media for promoting a software product. So we don't have, you know, physical clothes to sell or coffees or anything that kind of like makes sense that is later right away. So for us, um, we had to focus a lot more on the brand and our look and feel on our other digital assets and then find creative ways to carry over those colors and those themes and those, um, those styles to our Instagram feed. But even, um, I don't think I mentioned this either, but I used to manage social media for um, Sage Natural Wellness as well. And with their product lines, they looked at things like, how can we bring elements that are in the physical retail stores into the social media? So things like there was a big celebration around like having lots of plants involved and woods and textures and things like that. So we would always find ways to bring elements of the actual stores themselves into the Instagram feed too. So those things kind of help to set your, your initial kind of style and tone, I think. And for when people are creating this content, so they have the ideas if they want like their, their product or service and like what their brand is kind of looking for. Um, yeah. when they're actually going to post the content, uh, what do you suggest for that? Like, should people do the photo shoots, have them set up, or do you think like stock photos will work or what's your, just your opinion on that? I think there's a, there's a fine balance of create and curate. Ideally there is, um, a lot of like source material online of excellent, you know, photographers and other Instagram influencers and other people that you can use um, some of their content as well with permission, of course, like that's such a huge resource, especially for people that are just starting out that don't have these big content teams or photographers. Um, and then, and you're exactly right, like kind of planning out photo shoots. Like if you are thinking of um, campaigns or priority things, I try and think of it in terms of like, what would be the, theme or the focus areas, priorities that you would have for like the next month or two. And if there is a way that you can kind of create sort of like a content day where you end up capturing all the content that you need at one time, um, it's amazing what you can do with like flat lays and different environments, outfits, um, depending on, on your situation to kind of make things look different. Um, so as much as you can do that, I definitely would recommend any approach that is batching like that. So in the way that you're either creating content, but also planning content, it's really um, great. And that's kind of when you get to a level where you feel really comfortable with social media is if you go, you know what, I'm feeling good. I have my next like week or two of content planned out because then that's really when you can be intentional about your aesthetic and you can set it to auto publish so that 
every, you know, once a week, your goal is to kind of spend 20 minutes planning your social calendar for that week, potentially. And then you're looking at being very efficient with your kind of time and resources. So wherever possible, that's the goal. But I think initially, it's, it sounds like it sounds hard to get there. So I think it's baby steps in the beginning, like as you are starting that brand and thinking of ideas, I would also recommend following people that you think are similar to the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve um, so that you can kind of have those visual reminders of what you're looking for, but also is a source potentially for you for content too. Right. I totally agree. Like even for like my personal Instagram on my like saved foldery things, it's yeah. basically just content that I'm like, wow, that would be a good idea if I have to create content like this or like this. And it's just like having inspiration there. Um, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, and following hashtags too. There's so many good ones that have like great aesthetics and, and just kind of like that, those kind of reminders and things are, are great. Anything saved like that is, is golden for sure. <laughs> Do you know any of your favorite hashtags off the top of your head to follow? Um, not off the top of my head right now, but um, I can think about that through this and then come back to you with some that that are really good ones. Um, We have a few, we're always changing them up though, kind of depending on like seasonality and things that we like. So I'll take a look and see uh, which ones we are. But um, I think that's a really great way to do it too. But I, the save thing is great. The other thing that I would say is using the notes on your phone. So like when you're walking around, you think of a genius idea for Instagram or a funny caption or, you know, something like that, just kind of keeping, jotting those down in your phone notes right away so that you have those ready for the day that you are kind of like creating content. Cause I oh, find, I always totally. think I'm going to remember those and then I never do. So <laughs> anything totally. that's kind of like that, that you can do, is a really good idea. Agreed. I have a full captions note in my phone, just in case. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's always sometimes when you just like, the other thing I'd say is it's almost like uh, when you're writing for social media, it's almost like being a writer and some days you're on and some days you're not. So if you're just like, it's, it should come easily the day that you're writing it after a while. So if it's not, maybe take a break for a bit, try it again later. Cause you, you'll have some days where you're like really feeling it in terms of writing captions and some other times when you're not. <laughs> so coming yeah, back well, to it. And that's why it's, it's good to be prepared. Like, so at least if yeah. like, you're not feeling it that day, at least you already have content that's ready to go. Because yeah. if you have to like come up with a caption because you're so pressured to post that day, it's never going to work. So ahead of the game, hopefully, then if you have a non-creative day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And just because I know everybody wants to know answers to growing their Instagram account, I will ask you uh, Mm -hmm. what your best tips and tricks and advice is for people and brands looking to grow their Instagram account in terms of followers and, and engagement. Yeah, for sure. I think embracing the new features is really important. Um, Even though there are still, I find there's a lot of, especially small business owners, they're really focused still on like creating great posts, um, really kind of maximizing your use of things like stories and also not forgetting um, some of the tools that are in Instagram to help you. So if you are using stories a lot and you're sharing 
um, try to think about the ways that you could potentially get on the discover feed for different things. So using hashtags still in stories. Um, you don't have to have a big, big one. You can make them super tiny. It'll still work um, and make them kind of match with your aesthetic, um, tagging people and locations. I find these things are, are sometimes easy to miss, especially if you're, if you're planning a bunch at once. Um, and then if you are doing traditional posts, obviously still maximizing hashtags. Um, there is ways, if you are using a tool like Later where you're kind of worried about having all your hashtags be right underneath your copy, you definitely want to separate obviously your hashtags from your copy so that the hashtags aren't the focus of what you're trying to say. Um, but there are tools like that where if you're planning and you add a big paragraph break, it will um, show up that way in Instagram too with the separation between the copywriting and the hashtag. So that's a nice like clean visual way to do it where you're not going to be overwhelming everybody with that. Um, and right now, like the advice on that always changes in terms of things like hashtags. But what I would say is using hashtags really intentionally is important. So thinking of things like um, the context of the photo specifically, any location that's important, any people that are significant um, events, and any like anything that's kind of, for us, a lot of the hashtags that we use within our industry are things like Instagram marketing, Instagram tips, social media, um, because we're really thinking about who are we trying to reach? Like who's our ideal audience? So not only thinking of things like what's in this photo, but what might my ideal audience member be searching. So kind of thinking of hashtags as almost like the SEO keywords that you would have people driving to your website if you chose those, or you, if you know what those are, even better, those are probably perfect hashtags for you to use. And do you think people should use all 30 hashtags or what's your thoughts on the number? I think I definitely wouldn't recommend like trying to get to that 30 if it doesn't come naturally. Anywhere between like, you know, um, five to seven even can be really effective. So as long as you're picking ones that are intentional and make sense for the photo, that's great. But if you can think of a few more, that's always awesome too. Um, the one thing I'd recommend is not using the same hashtag string every time. So if you do have that one kind of 30 hashtag string i wouldn't necessarily paste that on every um photo that you put up it's really good to kind of change up the hashtags that you are using otherwise you're just kind of hitting that same audience every time and you want to avoid any kind of like repetitive or spam looking behaviors just just in case so that your account doesn't look robotic right <laughs> and, um, that's our whole goal so just like avoid the algorithm avoid being like flagged by Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I was going to ask you this later, but now that we're kind of talking about it, um, yeah. <clears throat> people think about the algorithm or navigate it. Um, there's so many questions and rumors and no one really knows what's happening. So just from mm -hmm. your point of view. I think that there's a lot of people that are really worried about their numbers personally in terms of kind of more like the metrics around like likes and, and things like that and kind of worried if, if you're seeing your, your likes trend down. What I would think about it more is trying to think about the metrics that represent um, actual community growth for you. So if you're, if you're really active on Instagram stories, are you growing kind of your 
your audience of people that are watching them daily, um, those sorts of things that actually really mean that you're, you're growing your audience should be areas of focus. Worrying about like whether one post did better than the other and then how, what it has to do with the algorithm, I think, can be, um, it just kind of can be demotivating because there's a lot that you can't control. Um, but obviously like using the best practices for Instagram, like um, using kind of those correct hashtags that we talked about is really gonna help with the algorithm. But the other thing that really helps is if you're active as well. So not um, just treating Instagram like a platform where you, you're a publisher, but really engaging with your community and being visible on um, other creators' accounts or other brands that are similar to you, um, interacting with those kinds of accounts and using the new features of Instagram is always going to help. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, there's no really words for the algorithm that I have. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but engagement, I think, like you said, that that's really the most important is to worry about like yeah. community and how you're interacting with other people. Yeah, exactly. And then also knowing as a business too that um there is like instagram is becoming more of a paid platform in many ways so sponsoring stories and things like that is something that if you are having a lot of struggles with the algorithm would be worth considering if, if you do have budget to do so because then you're kind of um really guaranteeing that you can get more eyes on your content especially if you've invested a lot in the content creation it is really worth boosting posts when it matters for you Right. Well, especially if you are a business and you really need people to like go to your website or buy something or whatever it is that you're trying to promote. Yeah, exactly. I would think of it like in terms of if there is a metric that you can track success on for your business directly um, and it's, it's important or there's any time-based goal that you have, then thinking about ads might be a good idea for that. Um, and when people are creating content and like you said there's like traditional posts and the story content um and like using igtv or videos or all these other different content to create um yeah. what would you suggest to a business to focus on or like how should they divide their time between content um if they don't have this full content team or don't have the time to make like high quality videos and photos and IGTV and like everything what would be your suggestion yeah it's tough <laughs> there's a lot of i think that especially right now um IGTV is a bit of a trickier platform for, for that just because of, of the formatting of it. But um, video in general, I think is totally worth the investment right now. Like a lot of those metrics around like, you're not gonna probably see your videos get as many likes um, as your photos sometimes do, but you'll probably see if you commit to video and your strategy in, in your feed and in your stories, you're gonna see your engagement increase for sure. Um, and then also people like taking action on your content. So I think as a business, the goal really should be to kind of get to that point where you're at 10K followers and you can have um, swipe up links in your stories because then you can really start to kind of um, get people from your Instagram to your, to your site or to um, your campaign and, and those sorts of things. But video is definitely worth the investment because you can use it on so many different platforms and not only can you use it on um your instagram feed you can also use video on twitter and facebook too so i think that kind of content is de definitely generally worth taking but 
Uh, usually, if you are taking videos, you can also take still photos that will support kind of the same content too. So hopefully you can kind of do a two-in-one approach on that. Right, definitely. And do you think people should hire like a photographer and videographer or do you think they can do it themselves or what's the approach for that? I think that in most cases, people can really do it themselves. Like, I think that's the thing that's really cool about all the amazing apps that are out there to help kind of perfect like the look that you want. Um, there's even, even for video, there's so much that you can do with things like Wistia um, and, and different kind of like photo editing tools that are accessible to everybody, whether you're shooting on your phone or if you're shooting with a camera and then bringing it in um, to your computer to do editing after the fact. Um, I would definitely encourage people to try it themselves first. And then if they're not happy with the result, maybe, maybe look at hiring someone on. Um, that's probably the difference I think between where you're getting to small business or like a very, very large company. Because obviously you're gonna be competing probably with large companies that do have access to, you know, professional photo and video teams. So um, that can be kind of like your end goal, but if you are gonna do things like that, what I would say is if you're gonna hire a photographer or a videographer, then I would be trying to plan like a month or two of content in the time that you had with them so you can kind of really maximize that investment. Right. Well, and like you said before, like it's easy to make it look like the content was at different times, like with different outfits exactly. and all of that. So you might as well do all of it at the same time if you can, or if you're investing that money into that person. Yeah, definitely. For sure. You can even make it look like a different season, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how creative you get with, uh, with things. So yeah, for sure. Um, and who are your favorite accounts to follow right now? Who do you go for for inspiration? Um, I think it's, it's always different depending on the industry. I think there's, there's accounts that are doing really awesome things. Um, right now, my personal favorite account to follow is High Snobiety, um, which hopefully we can like write a note about how that's spelled, but it's basically High Snob, um, and then Snobiety, like society. <laughs> um, if you haven't checked them out before, they're like a really cool, um, they're covering everything from kind of like streetwear, like footwear, fashion to like celebrity news, news like about just about anything. So I think that's why I really like them is that they're an account that I can kind of follow for all kinds of different things. So they're providing so much value in that context. Um, and everything that they do looks really beautiful as well, which is, which is always fun. Their stories are amazing. Um, I really like the fader if you're interested in the, the music industry. Um, and then there's also, you know, ones that are more on the uh, side, like Glossier and Girlboss um, are also accounts that I love kind of following, even ones like Everlane, um, especially what they do on stories for Everlane is always really cool with their Transparency Tuesday concept. Um, really love seeing people kind of embrace the video side of Instagram too, and seeing where that can go. So those are some of my favorite ones to follow. I also love architecture, so I follow a lot of <laughs> beautiful architecture accounts too. Yeah, when I think it's good, like for the initial ones that you said, um, that are big accounts that have the ability to create all this cool content for just like ideas to bring to your own social media. And if you, even if you can't sure. like, afford to make the content that they're creating, you can at least take 
some of the ideas and just like be inspired by what they're doing and the different things they're coming up with. Mm -hmm. And then if you're looking for more like, um, there's an account called Mr. Holmes Bakehouse, which is like, they oh, yes. like, I don't know if you follow them. Yeah. So those cronuts are like croissant donuts. Um, and they're like, they started out as a really small bakery, but they've grown tremendously from just having like a really amazing Instagram strategy. So I love following those kinds of accounts too, to just see how they can make, you know, a more simple product, like exciting and different every day. That also gives me tons of ideas too. Totally. Well, especially if you are a small business or something like that, where they've taken such just like a simple, normal idea. And because of Instagram, it's become so big because I, when I was in LA, I was like, I have to go here to take a photo. Yeah. You know, and I, I find that so impressive that they've created some sort of culture that makes people want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of skill, but I've seen it's, I think that's the really neat thing about Instagram versus other um, kinds of marketing is that it is almost like if you're very skilled or intentional about it, it is kind of like an even playing field with the big brands because they have the same tools that you do. It's just about how you use them. So yeah, that's why I really like about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really all my questions. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about just Instagram marketing in general? Um, not really. I think that one thing that we didn't really talk about as much with IGTV, I'm really like interested and curious and hoping that more people will kind of pursue that as well. Because I, now that you can see IGTV and feed, um, all the publishers and, and people that we work with kind of on the partnership side are seeing like their IGTV views like absolutely skyrocket right now. So I feel like if it's something that you haven't tried, it's definitely worth checking out just to see what it does and what you can learn and, and maybe you can build it into something over time. Um, but I'm always about kind of having the, like the openness to trying the new features when they are new so that you can have a sense of kind of the technology aspect of what it takes to make those possible too so that you're, you just always have to stay kind of on the edge of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so just totally. being open to learning and stuff and trying new things and not expecting yourself to be perfect because no one's perfect for their first IGTV video, but you do learn every time you post something um, what worked and what didn't work. So just kind of being always open to trying new things is important, I think. Um, and for that, because I'm so hmm. interested in IGTV too, like I post every once in a while just because like I know I have to post, but I'm like, yeah. how much effort should this be? Is this supposed to be a good video? Like my last one I just posted was from Coachella last weekend and it's basically just like a, uh, all my stories that I posted into yeah. one video. And I was like, is, is this an IGTV? Like, what yeah. does it even mean? So what do you think, like, is there a strategy that brands should have with that? Like how long? uh yeah I think it's successful like, videos or do you know yeah for sure it's kind of like it's it's ranging right now like obviously you've got to be over that 60 second mark um I still feel like everybody's attention span is is pretty short on Instagram so if you can make it shorter I think it will typically perform better but it depends really on the content style too because if you're looking at something that's like maybe an interview style video that could be potentially um, engaging and hold your interest for longer, depending on if it was somebody that you really liked or respected. Um, but if you're for now, 
like repurposing your Instagram stories into IGTV, that's a perfect way to start getting into it. And then otherwise looking at it almost like more like a, a series, I think has helped a lot of people. So theming it, same with like how you create content in general. If there's anything that you know that is kind of like a focus area for you, that is something that you post about every week, that might be something that you could grow into a concept for IGTV. So thinking of it kind of like as a mini series or show with episodes, we've been seeing a lot of brands like publish once a week. Um, so they'll put like a couple more resources into it, they'll theme it, and then they, they release it once a week so that people kind of know when to expect it. Um, and that's really helping them, I think, grow their viewership too, because people like to kind of know, like have a sense of schedule, um, as much as like obviously things coming up all the time, they'll, they'll watch it, but it's more about like kind of building loyalty that's really working for people right now too. Right, interesting. That is a good way to, to look at it when coming up with that strategy. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I um, and final question is yeah. where can people connect with you? Yeah, for sure. So um, in terms of, of later, the best way to usually reach me is um, through LinkedIn. So you can get at me at Lizzie McNeil through there. Um, I also use Twitter and Instagram myself, which is under my name at Lizzie McNeil. And then um, for following later, it's at later media and we're on just about everything you could be on. So <laughs> follow us on Instagram, um, Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, and we'll, yeah. And hopefully, like I said, if you are following kind of the later blogger newsletter, our social media, our Instagram stories um, kind of gives like a day-to-day -day perspective on all the new trends within Instagram. So it's a great kind of resource to check out there too. Like we have a really cool um, series on Instagram collages right now and a lot of how-tos that we just released. So there's stories on that and then that'll connect you to our blog and stuff too. So worth checking out. I just favorited that email that I'm going to read after this because I saw <laughs> it and I was like, I was wondering where people are making these collages from. So I'm reading it right after this. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are always fun. There's a lot of uh, inspiration from Coachella right now. So there'll be a lot of that in the blog. <laughs> yes. Being there, it was the most inspiring Instagram situation I've ever been in. Yeah. Of course, my are doing amazing because of the... <laughs> because everyone's there and talking about it and like all the hashtags and stuff. I'm like, I just post Coachella content for the rest of the year because it's doing <laughs> Yeah, well, that's really good. So it's totally worth it in that sense too. That's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming on here and talking about social media. I could literally talk about it all day. I'm sure you could as well, but yeah, for sure. I know we need to eventually end it. So thanks so much for being on here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Nice chatting with you.